It's time for the new world podcast. It's time for the new world podcast. Mark crunches the numbers and Erica's making this up. And Ryan's research he never shuts up. It's time for the new world podcast. It's music! <laughs> Welcome to the New World Podcast, where we talk about every movie released by New World Pictures. I'm Ryan. With me, as always, is Mark. I'm here. And Erica. Return of Erica. (laughs) And tonight, we are going to... I'm excited to talk about this one because I did not realize until I watched it how much I watched this movie when I was a kid. (laughs) Then I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, shit. I watched this a lot. Um, Of course, we're talking about 1988's Return of the Killer Tomatoes. Ten years ago, you survived the attack. Now, here comes the revolting, the obnoxious, your feet. Did the words fat cow mean anything to you? The sensationally hot. The girl of my dreams is a vegetable. The return of the Killer Tomatoes. Rated PG. Yeah, short and sweet. Um, yeah. This... I know. I, I was waiting because I was like, there's got to be more, right? No, no. <laughs> wow. I found How... a short and sweet one. Um, Steaming had a much longer yeah. trailer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, yes. But you know what? You needed it for steaming. Yeah. Because you were like, what is this exactly? And even <laughs> with all of that, you still, in the end, were like, what was that movie about? Mm-hmm. But anyway, that was our last episode, sure. Steaming. Uh, let's talk about Steaming for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, glad you, I'm glad you're uh, back for part two of Steaming. Uh, we're just Return labeling this steaming. one. <laughs> uh, no, we're talking about Return of the Killer Tomatoes. And this, of course, is the follow-up to the... Attack of the Killer Tomatoes that came out in 1978. So 10 years later, here we are, we're back. And this is actually only part two of a quadrilogy of Killer Tomato movies. There's two more to follow. But this is the only one released by New World Pictures. And um, now, just to take you behind the curtain a little bit, um, how we sometimes choose these movies is um, that Mark and I go, what do you want to watch next? And then we pick one. <laughs> and I decided we should make this more democratic. And so I said, Erica, what would you like to watch next? And I gave, I because we have we buy a lot of these Blu-rays and DVDs, so I showed her a bunch of them and said, pick a title. And you picked Return of the Killer Tomatoes. Erica, why Return of the Killer Tomatoes? Well, thanks for asking, Ryan. Uh, I think it's an important question. And 
um, allow me to elaborate, if you will, on why I picked this movie. <laughs> Please um, do. I like to look through the movies and judge them on their titles and mm-hmm. their movie box posters. Correct. Yes, we know. You, you've said that. You That's why you were not into steaming. Correct. Just, uh, yeah. Correct. And then after watching it, even less into steaming <laughs> than, than I was when I just simply viewed the name and post. Are we still talking about steaming? We are. We are. <laughs> let's, let's be clear. You're into... The concept of steaming. You're Correct. not into the movie steaming. Correct. Correct. Well, she's more into steaming with the little <laughs> That's at yes. the end. With the benefactor, I will personally help create steaming. <laughs> but anyway, back to the important task at hand, which is why did I choose Return of the Killer Tomatoes? And I'm so glad you asked, Ryan, because I chose it because I couldn't remember if I had seen it or not. <laughs> a great reason to pick a movie i know that i had seen attack of the killer tomatoes because who hasn't but i couldn't remember if i had seen return and i hadn't oh so okay so this was your first time seeing this one it was funny because i felt like i remembered things about it but i couldn't have seen it because i did not remember for one that george clooney was in it right (laughs) and yes i would have remembered that (laughs) Because he's in yeah, the, he, you know, he's in the entire movie. He is. So I, I was like, I guess I just haven't seen this, but I maybe was familiar with it or had seen, you know, how you like sometimes don't see movies, but you see elements of it. Like you'll see, you know, depending on your age, if you're a kid, you're like, oh yeah, there was the McDonald's toy for that, but I never watched that cartoon or that movie or that whatever. Or, you know, if you're an adult, you're like, oh yeah, I think I saw the trailer for that. Or I read X, Y, Z about it. I think that that's what it was that I had seen elements of it, Mm -hmm. but I had actually not, not seen the full movie. Yes. That's how I feel most days when I see anything related to the Oscars. I have seen promotional materials for a lot of these films. (laughs) I have not seen a, a lot of these films. I had a uh, similar viewing experience because I was watching this and I remember certain scenes. I I remember George Clooney was in it, but I kept watching more and think and going, no, I haven't seen this part. mm -hmm. And I realized that what I had watched was Ryan watching this as I passed (laughs) by and went, you're still, you're watching that movie. Yep. And I would get, what what scene is this? Okay. Got it. (laughs) <laughs> and uh so that i'd never seen it all together it was just bits got it as got i it. stopped by ryan uh, uh by our guest room and ryan was watching it for the <laughs> 15th or 16th time <laughs> <laughs> well this one is available currently on an arrow blu-ray that's how we watched it mm-hmm. I think you can't rent it from the usual sources, and I think you can probably even find it on YouTube. But the Arrow sure. disc looks fantastic; looks really good. It looks better than I have ever remembered it. Um, but it's on, it's on Prime, also. That's where I watched it. Oh, okay, nice. yeah, I think it's a rent or buy though on, on no, Prime. No, it's, it's. I just free. checked it. I just checked it, and well, it was. You know what? Uh, it, it's a rent I, or buy. Then I, I just you got in Amazon there. You got in the window. <laughs> don't lie you bought it (laughs) bezos just handed you a freebie on this one yeah Um, yeah so you know we also watched in anticipation of this we also watched attack of the killer tomatoes which i purchased a while ago and so i actually thought at some point that like new world put out both i think i fooled myself because i got both but i think what i was doing is i wanted to watch 
Attack of the Killer Tomatoes before we watched Return of the Killer Tomatoes, which we did. Yeah. Um, we did it right. We did it right. Yeah. yeah. We started in we order. We stayed true to the tomato franchise, <laughs> the killer right. tomato franchise. We did this in the way they would have wanted, yeah. the filmmakers would have and wanted. I, and I think it's great that you did because this movie does not spend the first 15 minutes going over the plot of the first movie. Sure. So you, nope. if you haven't seen the first movie, you would be totally lost at the start of this one. I, I was like... This was like a Silent Night, Deadly Night two beginning, where you're watching it for about twenty minutes and you realize I'm still I'm still watching the first movie now. But, I mean, uh, to to their credit though, they at least make fun of themselves for it uh, in this film, where um uh, whereas in Silent Night, Deadly Night, it's just padding. Oh, but. definitely. I, I mean, this movie is if 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 at fourteen I was allowed to make a comedy or a movie of any kind, but let's say a comedy, this is what I would have made. Absolutely. Because winking at the camera, mm-hmm. having a different opening, being like, oops, we started the wrong movie. I yeah. mean, those kinds of uh, poorly played out Monty Python bits, I thought yep. were the peak of hilarity. That's the funny thing about watching the original again, which actually I I think I laughed out loud a little bit more at than Return of the Killer Tomatoes. However... <gasps> I know. <laughs> However, scandalous. a big difference, though, is this one. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. It's about tomatoes attacking people, right? And becoming right. these terrible killers. And uh, they assemble a squad to take these uh, tomatoes down. And in the end, there's a bit of a love story as they stomp on all the tomatoes. In this movie, there's a love story. <laughs> there's tomatoes. <laughs> They turn into people this time. Uh, But there's actually a plot. The first movie, you don't really Mm -hmm. nail down a main character for a while. And it's really just a bunch of almost loosely connected uh, sketches just kind of thrown together. That said, some funny laughs in there. It's the slacker of the Killer Tomatoes. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, And there's also, I think... Though this movie is certainly dated a little bit with its humor and a little bit of the lack of PC humor. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm trying to be kind. I, you're yes, being very generous. Yes, I'm being very generous. Uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is also that same way. It also has some, you know, uh, blue humor or some humor that doesn't quite uh, hold up. But um, it has, it still has some pretty funny stuff. And both movies shot in Mark and I's hometown of San Diego. Woo! So I think there was another element of Return of the Killer Tomatoes was also like, well, these guys are from San Diego. So there was another element of that. But the funny, the, the, the thing that's still pretty amazing is that Attack of the Killer Tomatoes was done prior to Airplane and Naked Gun mm-hmm. and that sort of sense, sense of humor, which really took over so much of the comedies of the early and late 80s. Like that sort of like, the 80s certainly would grab any trend that was taken mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. But Attack of the Killer Tomatoes actually came out in 78. So it was well ahead oh, of, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, you know, the airplane style humor, which yeah. by the time they're getting to this one is fairly well established and might right. have sort of like, well, it's, it's super it, absurd and super silly, just like the first one. It just might now all of a sudden seem like they're almost sort of taking from those movies or inspired by those movies when really they were ahead of that curve. Yeah. I think by the late eighties, that style of, of comedy was a little tired. And so and what this came out in 88, you said? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they were a little late to that and you would think that they were just, you know, 
uh, ripping off the airplanes and top secrets and, yep. uh, you know, uh, uh, naked gun movies of the time. Although any, I guess any, those came out movies. in the nineties. So I guess it, it does fall in there. It just, to me, the jokes, the jokes should be funny at this on the same level as like a hot shots or a naked gun, but they all, every one of the jokes feels like they have to do something to say, get it. Did you yeah. get that? And it's a yeah. little like if you crafted that a little better, you wouldn't have to wink every time. It was actually make sure. this was actually made at the same time as Hot Shots. As a matter of fact, the director John DeBello, in his commentary, talks about how I guess the executives. I guess this might be New World. Uh, might be. I. It, I would have to. It would have to be. Let's hope. Um, <laughs> Otherwise, can we go back to talking about steaming? Yeah, right. Execu- <laughs> executives from another studio came in and said, "We'll give notes. You're all right, New World. <laughs> we'll take care of this." Um, but they they were making Hot Shots at the same time, and they were sort of saying, "Hey, why don't you do things a little bit more like Hot Shots?" And they were like, "Yeah, Hot Shots has a lot of money and a budget. Like mm-hmm. we'd love to do certain things like they do. Like, but we don't have the money." Right. Um, they do have certain things that they also got ahead of the game on too, which is still a great bit in this movie, which is the uh, um, we need to turn and get product placement in the movie. Yeah. Which if you know, and they even talk about it uh, in the commentary, the Wayne's world thing, mm-hmm. because Wayne's world then comes out a little bit after this comes out after right. this movie. And they had a very infamous product mm-hmm. placement scene mm-hmm. yeah. that also uses the same Pepsi line. Right, which also means, and I'm glad you brought up Pepsi, Ryan. Um, so this movie was brought to you by Pepsi. Yeah, it seems like a lot of the a lot of the 2021 movies by New World that we're covering are. It, it, this is the Pepsi year. It's the Pepsi generation of New World movies that we're covering right now. <laughs> you know what's funny is that it, it it seems like if you had written uh, like. We made little movies in the, in the 1980s with our friends on VHS. And by that, I mean, we they were really clunkily put together, hastily written, acted, shot in a single day, in an afternoon. Um, the budget's probably about 15 bucks, whatever it would cost for fake blood and any other small assorted props we might need. But And if I may interject, hmm. I feel like Raj would be very proud of you for that yeah i think he would because too. you did it on a dime we you did, did it, it on we what did. you had and we you did. made it work so um but we apparently could had had we had just taken a little just a hair more time let's say a week of time we probably could have written a letter to pepsi and said hey we're shooting this little <laughs> movie on vhs could you send us a case of Pepsi? And they would have been like, sure. I mean, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Hell yeah. Put in the put in your dumb movie. Like, like yeah. they apparently were handing out Pepsi to anyone that asked. Like, not <laughs> yeah. a problem. Slaughterhouse was like, hey, we're making a movie. They're like, sounds good. Yeah. Um, I mean, at least when you're when you're talking to Return of the Killer Tomatoes, you know who that that franchise had uh brand recognition. <laughs> yeah. Guys at Slaughterhouse were like We've never made a movie before, but we're going to make one. And it's out in the woods. And, and they were like, look, don't tell us the plot. Here's Pepsi. Go yeah. go nuts. Here's a ton of Pepsi. And Slaughterhouse, like Return of the Killer Tomatoes, both shot in San Diego and both managed to not feature any recognizable location of San Diego. <laughs> yeah. Could have been shot anywhere. Right. The fact that it's in San Diego, entirely inconsequential. Mm-hmm. So... 
good it's for almost them. amazing that they used they used up the biggest location which is they went to san diego stadium in the original movie or then 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 uh jack murphy and then qualcomm and now a pile of rubble <laughs> where it is now um but like it's amazing they actually got to use san diego stadium like and this in return to the killer tomatoes they don't like they could go to the zoo but they don't what they do show is a big billboard of the san diego zoo <laughs> they do go to balboa park they go to balboa park that's true that's true but it's still it's a lot of uh just exteriors it could be anywhere could be lost but Angeles. i don't could know how much outside of california people are like oh yeah balboa park right like no they until don't i had visited san diego and been down there and been shown balboa park i didn't even know it existed so that's well, true i mean i've so been fuck going you around. balboa park you unrecognizable <laughs> piece of shit <laughs> yeah get it you're not well, a pepsi i think mark is saying and i'm just gonna <laughs> presume that you're saying this but I, I, it's like i was looking too for some locations just to see like hey Maybe I could see like you know a, play, a part of San Diego that like I haven't seen. I would I'd see the 1988 or 87 version of that location. Nope. But you, we really, <laughs> I did I didn't recognize most of the places. Like I I'm not sure where we are. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. But um, Mark, uh, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> um, I was trying to come up with a question for you. Um, mm, please, I'm waiting. <laughs> so, Mark, this is your first time seeing this. Yes. Do you remember the original Attack of the Killer Tomatoes? I'm assuming yes. you didn't watch the yes. first one. No, I, I, not for this, but I do remember the original. Yes. And how did the sequel size up for you? Uh, I, I mean, the sequel is, uh, it, it's more of a real movie, so it has yeah. that going for it. Mm-hmm. But Again, I, like I give him a lot of credit for trying with these airplane type jokes. I just, it's, it's a little, it, it, it's a little too, they're trying a little too hard and winking a little too much to the audience to, to get them to get the joke. Um, there were a couple bits that were funny, but I mostly found it pretty boring, to be honest. Oh, wow. Um, wow. Now I, now I know how it feels to get some... <laughs> Some criticism on a movie that you you really enjoyed. <laughs> I just need a minute. I uh, yeah. So Erica, I'm not usually in this seat, and uh, it's tough. It's tough stuff. It's tough stuff. It's tough stuff. Conversely, Erica, this was also your first viewing of yeah. this film. Did you have the same feeling as Mark? Or no? Oh God, no! I loved it. I loved oh. every minute of it. Good. I thought it was terrific, and uh, the nods told me when to laugh. True. <laughs> that a joke was happening or being made. Um, no, I loved it. I thought it was so silly. And, you know, I essentially have the, the cinematic tastes of a 12 to 14 year old anyway. So I thought it was great. That is like the thing about watching this again and realizing I had watched it many times. I also started to realize how much this movie influenced me. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of things um not to careful get too... ryan yeah careful. i know well <laughs> uh i created eric in a lab um <laughs> i made <That's>... a fruit <laughs> <laughs> um uh, no like the silliness and like that sort of like obviously airplane was a huge you know mark and i watched that a ton as, as kids as a lot of people did and uh and those kinds of movies but that 
kind of sensibility is what I mean. Um, you know, some of the things that I write, obviously you got, people don't know a lot about our lives in this podcast, but I also write stuff and make stuff. And I had a play that came up a couple of years ago and it was very, very silly. And I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> I watched this movie a lot. <laughs> like I can see how I took some of that kind of just absurdist humor and the silliness of it. And uh, I remember writing it going, this is, I love doing this kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, right. Cause I watched <laughs> movies like return of the killer tomatoes and, yeah. uh, and you loved it and airplane. And you know, would our marriage be at stake at Uh-oh. risk? Ooh, okay. If, if I would have been like, God, what a piece of shit. I hated that movie. Would you have reconsidered everything at that point? Been well, like, I was... I've made a huge mistake. If, I married a woman who hates the Killer Tomato franchise. <laughs> if we're being fair, when we first watched it, you fell asleep. And... That's not out of character. <laughs> it no. is a New World no. movie. I uh, know. That is how and I do my best This viewing. is the first viewing. <laughs> yeah. You woke up in the middle and you're like, ugh, falling asleep here. This is, movie's boring, which is what you, is code for, I've been asleep for a long time and I got to blame the movie. It's not my <laughs> fault. Um... But you went back and watched it, and you yeah. had a different. I gave it had, a rewatch, yeah, you, and then you, I was you, like, "Oh, well, when was oh, yeah. I bored? Why I think was I, I was just bored? Asleep. I think yeah. I was just having a boring dream because I was asleep." <laughs> it's a pretty simple story. We do have a Professor Gangreen who mm-hmm. has created these people out of tomatoes using our good friend of the 1980s and all plot devices, toxic waste. Um, because toxic waste <laughs> can do anything. Yeah. It can really and it's readily available. It's just, it's just any, everywhere. Any yeah. pond you can find it. Like yep. I don't know how many times I was like, oh, let me just get a Pepsi. Oh shit, it's a can of toxic waste. <laughs> God, my bad. And there's the Pepsi. There's always some company <laughs> X who's just dumping toxic waste in Lake B, and yeah. there you go. You've yeah. got yourself a problem. But this movie doesn't try to solve that problem. No. The fact no. that there's toxic waste is actually a benefit in yeah. this movie. <laughs> yeah, right. Turns out it's a great thing because the uh, Tara, who is our love interest for our main characters, um, or main character, I should say, um, uh, who's, who's, who's actor Anthony Stark, uh, playing Chad Finletter, who's the nephew of... The guy from the first movie, Wilbur Finletter, who is played by uh, J. Stephen Pierce, who I believe also co-wrote the script, co-wrote these two movies. He also would eventually become a, uh, I don't know if he co-wrote this movie. I might be wrong. He might have co-written the, no, he did write it. Um, He eventually became um, a, he was in the California state government and eventually I think he became a senator. Hmm. Uh, so funny, funny enough. But he that's plays typically the path of California that's the path. government. <laughs> yeah, true. It's very true. You play a role in a movie. He yeah. plays the guy with the parachute who's always dragging the parachute right. behind him. Yeah. Uh, critical part of the first movie comes mm-hmm. back and and owns a pizza parlor. And this is many years later. Tomatoes are outlawed. Mm-hmm. We don't like tomatoes anymore. And um, ter- and and uh, our main character. Um, uh, I just said his name, and now I'm forgetting it. Anthony, Chad, God, Chad. Oh, Chad. I was going for his real name. I was like, "What is a any boring white guy named?" Yeah, <laughs> Chad. <laughs> um, Chad falls in love with Tara, uh, but she works for Professor Gangreen, and then she escapes because there's this weird mutant uh, 
um, tomato. tomato that he wants thrown in the trash. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, she's got a heart. Ft she want fuzzy FT tomato to go in the trash. And so she saves him and goes on the run and meets up with Chad and um, George Clooney, who is the first one cast in this, who plays Matt. He was actually cast before Anthony Stark. Oh. Um, Anthony Stark came in and read, and they'd already had... So Clooney is coming off of Facts of Life at the time. Mm. Which is why I thought this was a part... Of, initially, I thought this was part of the Facts of Life universe. I thought, right. <laughs> you know, this is the further adventures of George Burnett. Uh, he's he's come off being a roadie for a year for Cinnamon, and he he knows he can't go back to the... To uh, he knows he can't go back to over our heads because Tootie's still pissed off about that whole situation with Cinnamon. Oh, wow! So, Are you so crunching decides, the facts of life? He is crunching the facts of life numbers right wow. now. So he decides to just kick back at America's finest city, take a break, take a load off for a little bit, you know, rethink his career, rename, gives himself a new identity, Matt, for reasons that would be part of a facts of life reboot, but they haven't got to yet. And that's where this movie begins. So it God. seems to me like it would be a perfect, it's almost like a TV movie of the week for Facts of Life. If there wow. were Killer Tomatoes. Wow. It's a continuation. It's funny that they only continued his character off of the Facts of Life. You well, take the good, you take the bad, you add the clues and tomato, the Facts of Life. <laughs> the Facts of Life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why they didn't bring in Clarice Leachman who God, was in last I season? I uh, just, uh, rest in peace, Clarice. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah uh, who we will also talk about in uh, <gasps> Crazy Mama on this podcast. Oh, you're right. That's, yeah. that's for later <gasps> on. That's for another day. That's for another day. Yeah, this is our steaming <laughs> return of the Killer Tomatoes episode. <laughs> steaming slash. Um, yeah, you know, it's funny, I looking at his career, because we are going to get into other movies with Clooney that actually were released by New World. We got at least two more. And there's like a 14-year windup where Clooney was just doing whatever he could until yeah. suddenly he got into ER. And he is certainly on Roseanne, his star rose a little bit. But even the facts of life bump that his career took led him to return to the killer tomatoes. <laughs> like yeah. he still was like, dude, I just got to get whatever I can get and just keep working. And, um, his character, a little sleazy. Yeah. He, yeah. Plays, sleazy. Yeah. he plays that sleazy. like typical eighties sleazy best yeah. friend. Like, and house two gross, like uh, trying to trick girls. Like when he does the yeah. whole, like when the date, yeah, win the date with the Chad or Chad Lowe, Rob Chad Lowe. Lowe. God, <laughs> Chad Lowe. I mean, <laughs> by the way, <laughs> the turnout was less than he expected. <laughs> I th- personally, I think the better prize. <laughs> Ryan's the first in line. <laughs> me, 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 me. There's so many questions. <laughs> what was that that reminds me what was that tv show that chad lowe was in it was short-lived and was really funny or at least i thought it was funny at the time (laughs) i I don't know i don't know well mark's real-time crunching the numbers research is gonna have to come into play here so come back back to me later (laughs) do it okay can i also take another i'll take another side side road while mark's live crunching the numbers hearing that hearing um because i'm not familiar with with um you know 
George Clooney's body of work. I think ER <laughs> was when I probably became familiar with him. Sure. And hearing that makes me like him even more that he mm. just was like, you know what? I'm just going to put in the work. Yeah. I'm just going to do work and I'm going to take jobs and I'm going to get better. And I'm going to, you know, I think he ran into this problem, which is a people didn't realize that he was secretly handsome. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't realize it until ER when they cut off. He was, he's not a guy in my opinion that can have that long hair. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the big mistake of return of the killer tomatoes. And it's why he's such a sleaze that hair. Yeah, the mullet he has there. It's is gross. And real, it adds to the mm-hmm. sleaze. As soon as he was on ER and he had that like Caesar cut, oh my God. Right, Everybody was right. like, who's this guy? And it was like, he's always been handsome. And just a bit of like a little bit hidden. of the, the, the early start of the grays, like a little oh. the grays started. You no, know, I'll in, take and it. Everyone was like, uh oh. Yeah. Pepper those grays in. Sure. I'm in. Yeah, it's kind of funny to see a movie where. George Clooney's character is trying to like win a date with Rob Lowe, who's a few years younger than him in real life. And you're like, (laughs) wow, like how odd, you know, it's an odd one, but he had sort of like a best friend from house Two vibe in this, like, like a little, he's a little funnier and a little smoother than that guy, but like a little obnoxious and a little, but he is a great, I thought honestly had a great contrast with Anthony Stark, the actor playing Chad, who, I thought, especially upon repeated another repeated viewing, it's like <laughs> upon your sixty seventh viewing, <laughs> right? <laughs> on Moss in life, he definitely takes everything to like not even eleven, but twelve on almost, and and even the director talks about it how he's like, like that Clooney would sort of like warm up as they did several more takes, but that Anthony was like at like full throttle, like from the jump. <laughs> every, like, one. And it actually, and he said it made them a good contrast, which I think is, uh, I agree. Cause, cause Clooney is definitely relaxed in this yeah. movie. And every scene Anthony's in, he's like, we've got to do so. He's like just completely <laughs> right. amped up. Right. Um, yeah. And it did make for kind of a little yeah. bit more of a fun contrast. Yeah. I agree. The Mark, answer to my oh, query yes. is Spencer. Oh, oh. <laughs> would not have said that. Would not have said that. Because I was thinking, wasn't he on the um, show with Corky later on? Wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, life goes show? on. Life... Is that what that was called? <laughs> no, You're live was... on Chad's page. <laughs> also, I'm pretty sure nobody knows what that show is called but everybody knows it as soon as you say Corky <laughs> life goes I on know. it was it was life goes on okay and okay. the song for that one was life goes on wow they no afforded that uh, will remember the name of the show <laughs> they used the Beatles they paid they paid they the did. license it was uh, that is oh. the that is the opening for that song everyone that I'm good for lie. nothing except wow. for jingles wow. and <laughs> Got some real cracks in the dome tonight. Um, But, (laughs) you know, these were all questions that I was going to have for Chad Lowe if I'd won that date, but I didn't. (laughs) That's a thing. I never won the date. Well, you might. I would have been more. I would have. Well, you might still. (laughs) Well, they're still tabulating. It's been years, but they're still tabulating. Maybe you'll win a future date with Chad. Uh, I demand a recount, so (laughs) maybe I can win it. I but think they, it's time that we 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 set up our own table at, at Fashion Valley and, and yeah. date with Chad Lowe and <laughs> see what happens. Is that where they were at? It seemed like that's the one they were at, the old Fashion Valley. It felt I, it like that's like where it, it was. It looked like it. I mean, it's who knows. When Chad meets Tara, yeah, uh, yes, he does. So he, he's working at the pizza joint. 
yep. uh, where they're you know making yeah. pizzas with all kinds of disgusting toppings because tomatoes have been banned. So they're I'm such a mixing. simpleton. I cracked up at every pizza. You can ask Ryan. I'll be like, look, look, look. They put gummy bears and marshmallows. And he's like, yeah, I know. I've seen this movie 67 times. Like, I just thought that was so hilarious. Such so, a fucking simpleton. He even delivers the pizza to her. He's like, "You, I got a pepperoni with extra cheese, boysenberry sauce. You enjoy that pizza. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's just, it's really dumb. But yeah. but yeah. She comes into the pizza joint and she immediately asks him if he would like to make love. And yeah. he turns and splashes yeah. water on his face. And I thought to myself, I don't think there's ever been a time in my life. First of all, there's never been a time in my life that I worked in a pizza joint. Second, there was never a time in my life where a woman came in, total stranger, and said, would you like to make love? Uh, <laughs> but third, that I was in such shock that I splashed water on my face. Have you ever done that where you no. thought, I literally have to splash water on my face to, to check if I'm dreaming or not or whatever? I don't know. what. The, why would you do that? I also Seems like you're just like... going to get your shirt wet. I understand why they wanted him or felt like he was going to turn around to do that. But I almost felt like I wish they had shown, let us see him do that rather than have his back to the camera. Yeah. Like I get why they were, he's trying to do that without her noticing it. But like, it felt like a very Bugs Bunny moment where he's like, what, you know, like splashing. So I loved it. I thought it felt, I thought it fit right in. I have worked in a pizza place before. Yes. Okay. (laughs) However, (laughs) have not been just uh, approached by a handsome gentleman and offered sex. That was the moment though that I was like, is that all pizza places? Is that normally what it is? (laughs) Maybe some people, but not me. Um, But the thing for me, watching it now for the first time as an adult, I was like, this movie's PG? That's what I kept thinking. Oh, yeah. PG? Yeah. 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 She she offers him a blowjob. Yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah. Wow, PG. PGs have come a long way, haven't they? Yeah. And then I started to crack up thinking if Return of the Killer Tomatoes was aired on, like, you know, public television (laughs) these days, and it would be like, Hey, <laughs> like what they would, how they would dub it. Cause you know how they just leave it in, but they like dub over what, what's the inappropriate, like the cuss word or the sexual oh, innuendo. Yeah, so it would okay. be like, I think it would be like, you remember they, I'm like, PBS takes movies and dubs them over. No, like when they're showing movies that are <laughs> yes. too racy or no, like, yeah. you know, have Apparently bad I'm language PBS. or something. I'm, I'm, I did, did I not... say PBS? Yes. Oh, well, PBS. Sure. <laughs> You know, the learning channel. When you got to learn about the dangers really of tomatoes get, and toxic waste. We've got to get some more grants. Let's put Return of the Killer Tomatoes on. That's really going to bring in those those bucks. No, I was just thinking, like, what would they Next put pledge in the Next pledge drive, they're really going to come out. <laughs> like, what would they put in the place of that? Like, instead of blowjob, would she be like, would you like some, I don't know, brown sauce? Like, <laughs> like what would be... Like what would what would they dub over in the place oh, of that? You took such a random thing to throw in. <laughs> you couldn't think of anything else. You, you couldn't think of brown can sauce. I, can I get you a blow pop? You could have done that. Oh, right? okay. You well, did, you guys are not going to use the, than me. You're not going to use the root word as a as a guide. 
No, I'm not. Not for PBS. We fully change it. Or even the second, or the the the, the latter, the latter root oh, word. You could would also. You, you what know. would you like a new job? That doesn't make yeah. any sense. They, that they never make sense when they dub over them like that. That's the whole thing. It ruins the whole thing. If a woman offered me sex or brown sauce, I think then I would splash water in my face. <laughs> like, where am I? She's always like brown dreaming? sauce. Splash. <laughs> to be fair to Chad, though, when he does take her home, he Chad Lowe? Chad, Chad sorry. No, I can see how this is going to get confusing. Um, no, not Chad Lowe, but I wish it had been Chad Lowe. How amazing would it have been if there was a scene where Chad Lowe came in and George Clooney was trying to get a date with his brother. But anyway, uh, when, he, when, when George Clooney comes the next day to the apartment and wakes up Chad, he thinks the whole night had been a dream. So Correct. there is that. Yes. So he was splashing water in his face like, is this real? This is all my dreams coming true. But even in the dream world, to Mark's point, I've never splashed water in my face. In the dream, Even right. in the dream world, right. I'm usually just like, wake up, figure out if this is real. And I've I would never also been think, like, splash, splash, splash. That might be a terrible thing to do in a dream because I feel like if I splash water in my face in a dream, like, is this real? Like, then I'm like, oh, now I'm all wet, which is probably just me peeing myself. <laughs> And then I wake up and I'm like, I am wet. But would you, if that was happening, would you be splashing urine onto your face? Would you be? Well, it's the only water. It's the only water I have, Mark. Well, you like this? This faucet has a real slow drip. Erica wakes up and I am just peeing on myself and I'm splashing the pee onto my face. And I just say, and I just say, this movie's boring. I go back to sleep. Movie's boring, huh, Ryan? Good night. I'm splashing my own pee on my face. What's this movie even about? Good night. <laughs> uh, it sounds pretty lame. Wait, I love it. Oh, God. Uh, um, also, got some pretty good casting here. When we got Professor Gangrene, we got a good old John Aston of, uh, you know, um, uh, Adam's Family yeah. fame. And not only did he do this movie, but he played Professor Gangrene in... Two more Killer Tomato movies. Now, have you seen the other Killer Tomato movies? Uh, I haven't. I was going to try to watch them for the research corner, but spoiler, I didn't get to. So <laughs> That's uh, fair. Because this was the time to do it. I mean, if there's a time where it feels appropriate to watch the whole, you know, the whole franchise, now's yeah. the time. But, you know, I didn't get to it, unfortunately. Um, have you never seen the entire franchise i that's the thing i know i've seen the first two obviously yeah but i was another reason why i wanted to watch them because i was curious i feel like i've watched at least one of the other sequels i Mm. don't know if i watched them both but i believe i have watched i don't know if it's killer tomatoes strike back or or killer tomatoes eat france i can't i'm not sure which one i I, well he mentions see you in france at the end of the credits so, yes, did they already yes. know they were doing a French one at this no. point? No, actually, he asked them that question in the director's commentary, and he said that they didn't. They just thought that would be kind of. They're like, "Well, we've you know we've done another one. It'd be funny to do it in France." They thought that was a funny concept. It ends up being called "Killer Tomatoes Eat France," not "Go to France." Right, but that's what right. they call it in the third <clears> one, and that's actually the final film. So there's a the sequel isn't even in France. Okay. Um, okay. But they are setting that up 
not only in the credits, but there's also another, like, I think Professor Gangrene says something about, like, going to France. So, like, he said, I think he says, like, bonjour or something like that at the tail mm. end or something. So, like, uh, as he's being carted away. Yeah. Or being drug away by the FBI vegetable division. Uh, <clears throat> and the and the end of the movie. <laughs> there's there's a lot. It's, it's, yeah, it is very silly. Um, but I admit I liked it. I'm sorry. Yes! It was good. Speaking of things we liked, it's time to get to one of our favorite segments in this show. Things we loved. And things we hated. That's right. We're going to talk about the things we love and the things we hated about Return of the Killer Tomatoes. Mark, did, was there anything that you loved in this? I honestly liked uh, the what uh, the Tara character. I mean, there was she was really robotic in the beginning and, the, and then somehow got very human-like. She quickly yeah, transitioned yeah. from being robotic to, you know, you would never guess she was a tomato. I, yeah, but, I think she did a really good job. And that character is written, like, is literally written many times over that she is, like, created just for men's pleasure and is completely just from the perspective of the male gaze. Like, it is not, like... Mm -hmm. If you'd read that now as an actress, you'd be like, please, I'm not doing that shit. But this, you know. Shit, don't read my script for Steeman, man. <laughs> uh -oh. You're going to be really upset. Well, we're going to flip the script. But uh, Karen <laughs> Mistal, that's what she was called. Uh, that was her last name at the time. She's now Karen Waldron. But she, she I thought she did a great job, too. I thought yeah, she was she really did. good in this. Mm -hmm. um, like, really, like, did a lot with. She's not given a ton. Yeah. That said, no one's given a ton. In this movie, you're playing fairly, you know, fairly broadly uh, uh, drawn characters. You're playing some pretty like extreme broad characters. Yeah, I I really appreciated how hard they shit on Channel Six News. I mean, they, <laughs> I was like, wow, guys, you hate Channel Six News. Yeah, the the director does talk about it, and it's it's also there's a little bit of he plays that same uh, reporter character in other in other films, and other and I think in the first movie, though there's other reporter characters as well. But he kind of has a thing with media types, and yeah. kind of hates that. And of course, that's uh, Igor's whole trip uh, for Professor Gangrene's henchman. That's his whole thing is he wants to be a news person. Mm -hmm. uh, he has the D Diane Sawyer like um, whole setup with candles and, yeah. you know, the yeah. whole little altar to her. And so he definitely like w is poking fun at the media and like, you know, uh, poking fun is a nice way to put it. I think he is basically like, screw you, media, which I, I was thinking about today because I was like, yeah, I guess like in the 1980s, like you're talking about this is the start of like CNN and the start of the 24 hour news cycle. And I'm like, Oh no, no, no. This stuff was all in 1978's attack of the killer tomatoes. He has basically been like, fuck the news from like the late seventies. Mm -hmm. um, still very upset. John DeBello about the, about the media. Um, okay. Erica, what are some things that you loved? Oh God. So many things. I love fuzzy tomato. Like how great is that just to have this little you little know, FT little and FT. the they tee him up as the little character to like sell like uh, stuffed animals. Absolutely, from... I would have absolutely <clears throat> want have wanted that had I seen this when I was younger, um, because I want an FT as an adult. So, 
I love that. I I really loved all the shtick in it and all the kind of nods and the, you know, like winks and, you know, having the underwater bits with the scuba diver and he's like showing the cards of what he's saying and later he's in the tub like splashing around like i just love all that that stuff it felt like it felt like real live looney tunes you know watching it and and i you know have always enjoyed those kind of cartoons still watch cartoons you know to this day and so i really liked all of those elements of it it just made it really fun and silly and Mm -hmm. i love the song like i love the theme song i love it from the first one i love it from this one that they carry it over i love it the the meta element that you guys kind of touched on earlier where they make fun of themselves in it Mm -hmm. you know in the ending when they're like don't worry we you know everything we set up pays off yeah, that just, part of it was great where they set everything up. Uh, yeah. And they were like, I'm not sure if we got everything. And they're like, oh, didn't we? And then the pizza uh, dough falls on his head that he threw up yeah. in the air yeah. in like, their early <laughs> yeah. scene. Like, they, it, they, there's some good payoff from, yeah, for sure. from that. Plus, that, that, that ending celebration when they had defeated the tomatoes. I mean, I think that's like the most action Seaport Village has ever received. <laughs> that was a lot of action and they just sped out of seaport village like see ya you want to talk about that's like the one recognizable place you really see in that movie was that one because and that was one you know like that they had to kind of close some of that down in order to get those shots no way there was never anyone walking around seaport village you went there to go in the merry-go-round and then you left. They were just like, <laughs> there was, there was, they, had no, they didn't have to shut down anything. They didn't have to get a permit. They were like, shit, I don't know. Shoot here. It's fine. And San Diego is a town where that's real. I think that's very easy to do. Like, like there's not a lot of cops because there's not a lot of stuff shot there, especially, well, especially then. Yeah. So there's right, not going to be right. like cops driving around going, I wonder if anybody's illegally shooting something today. You know, like mm-hmm. not really a thing. Um, a couple of things I love. For one, Mark, back me up on this. But the t- some of the stuff that I'm going to talk about are some of the more subtle jokes that are in this that I really liked. The constant runner of the America's Cup, or the Americans' Cup, as they call <laughs> yeah. it. In that. Yeah. Now, yeah. at the time, America's Cup was, especially at this time, uh, Dennis Connor, who is from San Diego, mm-hmm. was was the captain of the of the boat that that, that won the America's Cup back right. from Australia yep. in 1987, and that shit was all over TV like it was the fucking Olympics. And I don't know if that's just San Diego, but like all I remember is like that stuff was everywhere. And I, as a kid, was thinking, I guess the America's Cup is just a thing. Now, it's not. I'd never see anything about it. The America's Cup is just not something that we're... But I remember Dennis Conner and like everybody was talking about it. Like it was something that we got to get into. So when they keep like switching off America's Cup for the news and everyone's like, boo! And wanting the America's Cup on. To me, I was like, that is fantastic. Because... Yeah, why were we suddenly into America's Cup? It's fucking a sailing race. And we were like, yeah, bring it bring on. It. I remember and, watching it with dad and dad being saying, oh, man, those, those those boats, those ships, they go so fast. Look how fast they're going. 
<laughs> they eventually have a bit where at the end and they're like, oh, now they're fighting off with like, I think Denmark or something. And then you just see like old black and white footage of them like pirates, oh, yeah. like lighting cannons and shit. <laughs> this, is, like, this is during the smorgasbord of sports. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and at the end, he says, the announcer says, that's what real sports action is all about. Just a compass, a sail, and a couple sidewinder missiles. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, that is indeed. funny stuff, dude. That I was just like, I mean, that is such a time and place. But damn, was everyone into the, the all of a sudden the NASCAR like, of the sea? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like waiting for, is the America's Cup going to come back and suddenly will we care again? I don't know. I know it hasn't happened, but you never know. But I just thought that stuff was very uh, funny and very well done and just constantly sprinkled through the movie. Another, I mean, maybe less um, subtle when you kind of hear it, but I thought the uh, there's a love theme uh, that is played in this movie. And this is really when Tara and Chad start to enjoy their relationship and they run out to Balboa park, but we hear this theme song and I've, I've, I've taken this clip. So this is the theme song. So let's listen to it real quick. Here we are. The two of us together. It doesn't matter whether you and I I mean, rated I'm, PG. This movie's <laughs> rated PG, everyone. I mean, a lot of this stuff, this song plays over a lot of like very nice shots of San Diego. They're at the ocean. They're walking around Balboa Park. And for a long part of it, again, this sounds so as a parody song or as a silly song. It sounds so much like a lot of songs at that time <laughs> that I didn't think at all that it was a silly song <laughs> until he's like, I'm so glad you aren't made of tomato paste. And I was like, what? And then all of a sudden, then he's like, touch me there. And I was like, okay, like really well done. Like the way this guy sings that song is really selling like a lot of like just 
like Sinatra. Yeah, yeah. it just He's sounds like oh, okay. This is just some song they use. Like oh nope, it's still a silly song. Yeah, and it takes a while to get there. Like the joke takes its time because a lot of the early lines are just like little like you know just normal like uh you know loving stuff about you know falling in love and just simple like lyrics about that and then it gets into the jokes and uh of course that you know what, what's happening with them gets even sillier and sillier but i just thought like that song was hilarious and i did not know for a while like what is this song and probably as a kid didn't notice or didn't think much about what touch me there meant which is, you know, maybe a testament to a proper upbringing that I didn't realize what that meant. <laughs> like, um, simpler but, times. Simpler times. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> I've never kissed a girl. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but the... Uh, Ryan, turn it down. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I thought that was really great. I mean, it, some of the subtler moments in there, there's there obviously a lot of the humor is like pretty big and bold, but there's some subtle stuff in there. And I really felt like they did use, I think ultimately they used their budget to their benefit. Um, the scene where, and I mean specifically, there's a scene where they have like, they can turn all these tomatoes into like soldiers and they put a bunch of them out on this hallway and they become these big, like beefy soldiers, you know, with guns. And then they come into the, the, uh, the good guys come in and they have a couple guns, but these guys are like in a firing row, like with their machine guns. And then little FT jumps up, turns off the lights. And then you just see them like shooting and you're seeing just shots of the guns going off, like in the dark. And they do these quick flashes of all that. And then when the lights go back on, it's just like, tomatoes everywhere on the floor and on the wall and it's like they had just blown all these <laughs> these big beefy dudes away despite all the bullets our heroes are fine and i was like you know what like they had a big giant fight uh with guns and it's like we don't have we really don't i mean it's a bit and it's a joke but they also don't have the money to show a firefight right right they also right. do have a small fight scene which I was also like, well done, which is when, uh, again, when when the guy that that is like the ma the master of disguise, he's played by a different actor than the one in Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, but I believe his name is Sam Smith. I think is the name of the character. And this is the one where the ninjas come in. Yeah, right? he's dressed as Momar Gaddafi. So um, that's when the uncle character, the guy from the first movie, Finletter. He jumps on him, and then all of a sudden the cowboys come in, and then the and then ninjas come in, and they all start fighting in there. And there's actually like some like good little choreographed fight scenes. I mean, not great, obviously, but like yeah. you know, I've seen I've seen worse. Yeah. <laughs> I've definitely seen worse. We have all seen worse. Yeah. Yes. See, see, see too hot to handle. Yes, yes. exactly. I was about <laughs> yes. to say in too hot to handle. We've seen some terrible fight choreography so like i was like not bad so i felt like they as much as like we were saying like yes they could have benefited from more money for sure but also like i think they made use of what they had this also probably felt like a so much money to them because the original was made for like less than even a hundred thousand dollars so the first one was made for nothing so this one probably felt like oh shit we have a ton of money um because they say he actually the director says in the commentary that one of the biggest things he's like what what did you learn from one to two and he was like 
wow, we didn't have craft services. So that was different. Like they didn't have like, (laughs) they were like a crew of like maybe 12 people and they were just like running from place to place. And like when they they were like, when we got hungry, we just like stopped and went to go get something to eat. And we went back to shooting. Like they did not, they were not like, you know, they, they were not pros at that time. Yeah. And they made only one movie in between. Um, which was based on like a, uh, one of the other guys, the co-writers, they all kind of like went to school together and wrote attack of the killer tomatoes. And then a couple of them wrote the movie they did in between, which I believe is called happy hour. And then they did return of the killer tomatoes. So like they really didn't, they weren't making lots of other movies in the, in the 10 years since John, um, the, the director, um, uh, John DeBello, he he has actually still continues to live in San Diego and continues to he has a media company. So he directs commercials, uh, media content for companies. He continues to have a company down there to this day. Huh. And so he's directed tons of stuff. He just doesn't direct movies. In fact, when he just directs movies, he directs these little Attack of the Killer Tomato movies. And that's was his like, those are his movies. And then this other one. But Note that's all to he did. self, reach out to John DeBello for steaming. <laughs> <laughs> Would he be it could in a steaming? his could final be. masterpiece. <laughs> I kind of feel like uh, steaming needs to be a Gil Bettman joint. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that could be. That could be. Uh, I'm not sure John DeBello wants to take, you know, he wants to uh, drive up the five to los angeles um <laughs> to but, just to just film a bunch of dongers in a yeah. steam room <laughs> come on up uh yeah he might just Worth choose to stay commute. down yeah. oh and there will be craft services because i don't want anybody leaving the set <laughs> <laughs> anything else that we love before we move on to things we hated i'm gonna take that as a no let's move on to move things on. we <laughs> things we hated we will start with Mark. What are some things you hated? I'm going to pass on this one. You know, because <gasps> what? You we know, talked. I, we talked you into this movie. Yes. As we talked about this movie, I've I've liked more and more of it, and I think maybe I Woo! need to watch it again. Yeah. Why not? You own wrong... it. You own it. <laughs> well, you accidentally. No, he watched. It. He watched it on Prime. He watched. Yes. <laughs> he watched it on Prime. He didn't. He didn't get the disc. Uh, so you don't, you don't know nothing you hate. Okay. Erica, anything yeah, same. you hated? Pass. Nothing. I wow. hated nothing. Okay. Well, shit. As much as I love it, I probably do have a couple things. One is I hate to be that guy, but, uh, aren't tomatoes a fruit and not a yeah. vegetable? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. they call it a vegetable all the time. So yeah. Take that ve- FBI vegetable division. Should have um, sent in the fruit patroot. <laughs> <laughs> They're not the patrol, the patroot. Yeah, um, I was hoping that was going to be funnier, but it is true. <laughs> that... Wait, patroot? No, or no. Your... The fact that I was pointing out that it was a fruit. I just, it just pointed out that you're going to be that guy. Well, um, I wonder... actually, um, but tomatoes I wonder... are fruits. So, <laughs> but, but like, I wonder yeah. if that was their bit. Maybe they very well maybe. know it's a fruit, and that was and there. That was another joke. I don't know. Maybe it could be. That's um, how much. That's how much I will defend for this my movie. Love of this this movie. movie. Uh, yeah, and I think we already touched a little bit. Of, there's just a little bit of the humor that's a little bit dated. That's a little yeah. like, meh, you know, it's there's a but, little 
you know, there's some, there's some just a sprinkle of a little misogyny, you know, in there. There's a little, little, I mean, obviously when you watch movies in the eighties and I'm finding this more as we're going back and dipping into the eighties, just for this podcast, you're like, right. The eighties were a time. And it is, it's almost fascinating to me to think about like, yes, this was a movie. Like a lot of these movies, house Two, this, <laughs> I watched a lot of these movies many times over. And I'm like, wow, I, I watch this movie a bunch and it's like, like I said, kind of informed to certain, to a certain degree, some of the, you know, my taste and humor and like, there's some problematic stuff like in some of these movies, but there's a lot of problematic stuff in a lot of eighties movies. Like it was yeah. a time where we were like, we'll do anything. We can do anything we want in comedies in the eighties. And we're going to, no joke is, is, uh, is untouchable and that doesn't really work when you you know years and years later it doesn't quite come off the same way but well i if i had any suggestion for you ryan as as you continue to write uh, it's time to let the momar Gaddafi bits go i mean i just don't think they're <laughs> resonating like they used to <laughs> Still, uh, it's super to funny up. dude I, I don't know. I don't know. That I, well I love... has been so plentiful and so. <laughs> a lot of it's... people don't even know who he is. Ooh, boy. Well, that's on them. That is on them. <laughs> Going to be a lot of real time Googling for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Catch up to the past. <laughs> yeah, I like that bit in this movie, too, was I was also just like, ugh. You know, like the. Yeah. Yeah, it has not it has not aged well. But then, like we just talked about, it then goes from that into like cowboys and ninjas fighting in the restaurant. And I was like, well, all right. I mean, mm-hmm. that's good. I'm I'm down for that. Yeah. So there's enough like silly and absurdity that like some of the stuff that doesn't quite isn't quite like you know on track with modern times is like. But they have a lot of silly stuff that then just kind of. Oh, that bit where like uh, uh, Igor jumps into the. Uh, he drives around in, in a um, trash truck trash truck that he actually tries to put a label of a, of a, <laughs> like a news van, a news but van, it's a trash truck. <laughs> it was a trash truck. And, uh, but he's like, Hey, did they just leave the, leave the restaurant? They're like, yeah. He's like this movie. Hey lady, this movie doesn't have a, hasn't had a uh, chasing in it yet. Right. And she's like, no, oh, I don't right. think so. And he's like, all right. And then he gets in the car and like immediately like, just like hits like all these boxes and all this stuff like immediately and it's over and she's like oh well that that was like a pretty sad chase scene i think she says yeah she says like i expected that to last longer yeah yeah and the other guy who was actually one of the co-writers uh he was like well you know he got no money so you know low budget movie i think that's what he says yeah so there there's some there's a lot of really funny there's some very funny stuff in there so i i'm supposed to be talking about things we hated so i guess we don't talk about any of that uh things we hated because we didn't hate anything and it's time to get into final questions final questions workshop in the song <laughs> <We're done. laughs> i don't know i'm not i'm not totally sold on that one uh okay so here are some of the final questions i have for return of the killer tomatoes guys what do you think is the surprise twist in big-breasted girls go to the beach and take their tops off <laughs> 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 oh god 
the the first feature that they try to play yeah. and then they move off to play this one but there was a twist in that movie what was it do you think sunburn boobies <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's a lesson more than a twist right it's like hey yes. you take your top off at the beach you're getting a burnt nip and that's painful Ooh, wow yeah Mark, I, I think the surprise twist is that the the ocean was real friggin' cold, and you needed a wetsuit. So, <laughs> so it's like a depressing twist. Yeah, if it's shot in San Diego, you just get mobbed with sea lions while you're down there trying to just have a. <laughs> yeah, they just do it at the children's pool there <laughs> by the cove. Yeah, is that where they're going? Yep. Hey, San Diegans, there you go. There's some knowledge. All right. Uh, Professor Gangrene has figured out a way to turn tomatoes into people with just a song. But why hasn't he figured out a way for his jukebox to play without a quarter? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he needs to put some toxic waste on that jukebox. Maybe that'll do it. Supposedly, he has a plan for world domination with these tomatoes that he can turn into burly men or women who just want to have sex all the time. But let me ask you, <laughs> what is he going to achieve with this? That was another question I had. So Mark's doing my job for me. I don't, what is his <laughs> ultimate goal here? I have no idea. I even uh, rewound parts. I'm like, maybe I'll, I'll just ask them. Cause I don't, I mean, I know it has to do with the guy that's in jail. He is going they, they, that the the tomatoes can also turn into senators, the president. They can turn into like figures oh. like that. And the guy that's in jail was connected politically. So you remember Igor that like, drives sell- the trash truck yeah. to the prison, and then he goes and <clears throat> goes to the little golf course where they have like the former White House aides. And so they're trying, but that whole I don't know if they cut scenes out or something, but like that thread was very thin i didn't understand what exactly but they were plotting i guess something with the tomatoes to turn them into something that would lead to world domination i don't know how or what i i was a little confused by that then let me i have a follow-up to that question when we talk about the senator at the at the prison really really turning this bit on its head i really (laughs) all right is is that the same guy that's selling the illegal tomatoes to the restaurant? Indeed, oh, indeed. God. But is it the yeah. same? Is it the same character? That or just I didn't the same know. Actor? Yes, I was it is really the same confused. actor. It is yes. the same actor. But I wondered. God. But in that one, he was like, "Yeah, hey, I'm selling you tomatoes here." I'm such a simpleton. I, was like, I didn't even put okay. it together. Yeah, but I I thought that was the same guy. And then they go to the prison, and he's still in prison. I'm going. What is happening here? There were several people that played multiple roles, but I was also like, that is one where like, you don't have to spend money to prop the actor up a little bit more. So he doesn't look so much like the other character he's playing. Like you can Mm -hmm. do a little bit more like, right. Like um, again, one of the other guys who, who wrote the, the movie, he is propped up like he plays the guy from SAG that entered that walks in. Yeah, um, yeah. Costa, yep. D- Costa Dillon, I'm thinking of. Then he also comes in and he's with Clooney in that scene where they talk about all the product placement and he's wearing like a silver mustache mm-hmm. and kind of silver hair. And I'm like, there's, I mean, look, you don't have to do much, but just tell us that the, just that little bit tells us this is a different person. Yeah. That's all just we're an, looking a, for. A, just an eye patch. 
I mean, it's something, it's, something, something. Yeah. something that tells us this is different. You don't have to do much. Um, so I don't know if that's a satisfying answer, but there you go. What do you guys think Steve Lundquist, who plays Igor, is more proud of? His Olympic gold medals or his appearances in the Killer Tomato movies? <laughs> I mean, I hope the latter. <laughs> um, George Clooney acted with John Aston in this movie and Mackenzie mm-hmm. Aston in Facts of Life. So what does he have against Sean Aston? <laughs> I don't know. I would I would hope nothing because that man is a treasure. Uh I think I you know, I I do you think that George Clooney should have been in uh any of the it should have been in the Hobbit or any of those <laughs> Lord of the Rings movies? Lord of the Rings movies. No, I think George Clooney should have been Rudy. <laughs> Should have been Rudy. He should have been Rudy. Been in Rudy. That would have been a different movie. That would have been a very different movie. Still be Rudy. George Clooney could have just been in it, peppered in there somewhere. Yeah. Well. uh, Yeah. Well, he's not. I mean, (laughs) I don't know. Feels feels personal. I don't. For that matter, I don't know if he was in anything with Patty Duke. So who knows? Ooh. So, um, what was up with uh, Tara's red wink at the camera at the end of the movie when they drove drive off from? from seaport village like she has a little wink of the camera and it's all red is she is she still a tomato now she was just she was just told by professor gangrene that she's no longer a tomato but a human but then she winks and has that little red what was that pink eye (laughs) (laughs) you're you're a human now comes with all the things all the trappings welcome to it welcome Welcome to humanity. All the trappings. Well, (laughs) we get it. We get it. Irritable irritable bowel syndrome. It's a thing now. You're a human. Heartburn, tomatoes. (laughs) The sores in your mouth from when you eat too much fruit. Um, Speaking of the actor that played two different roles, Rick Rockwell. Do you think when he landed this role that the first person he called to let them know the news was Larry Himmel? Yes, I think absolutely. Uh, and probably Larry Himmel was so pissed. Was like, how did you get that role? And I what? didn't. And I didn't. Oh, such a bummer. Because this is a... It really ne- caused a riff with uh, Biff and Skippy. That's, they were like... <laughs> I knew you would know what I'm talking about because this is my research for this week, uh, for this particular movie. I'm talking about um, San Diego at Large. Because this is a bit of a towny movie oh. uh, to Mark and I. So I thought it's time to do something kind of towny and talk about uh, this show. Because I was really into the show growing up. <laughs> we get it. No, I don't mean this movie. Oh. I mean this show. It's called San Diego at Large. And it starred okay. a local. I take it back. It's a local reporter <laughs> named Larry Himmel who used to do like the local news segments on. Um, the CBS affiliate in San Diego. And he had like a bit that he would do called um, Himmel at large. Mm -hmm. And he would sort of do local segments. And then all of a sudden 
he gets the show called San Diego at large, which is a net more natural extension of it, which is a variety style show where he does like, um, he does still like walks around San Diego and goes to certain shops and sort of like tours and shows you different parts of the city. But he's also doing like, you know, late night show bits where they, they did uh, a thing on it called, um, uh, stress test where like viewers would send them in things and send him like inanimate objects to destroy. And they would just find different ways to destroy <laughs> this stuff. Like somebody sent a toaster and they're like run over the truck or That's amazing. they're like, we got this rock candy and we can't stand it. So he like drops, you know, uh, like a, I don't know, some sort of like ball on the steel ball on top of it and smashes it. So you can see it in slow-mo. So they're just like doing different things where they like, you know, so he does things like that. And then he also does sketches as well. They also did like fake ads and sketches. And they were doing this like five nights a week. Wow. For three and a half years from 1984 to 1987. Jeez. And they're doing these sketches. And one of the more popular ones was it actually started as a soap opera uh, parody called North Mission Beach and had these two characters named Skippy and Biff which was played by Larry Himmel and also Rick Rockwell. Mm -hmm. And Himmel is playing sort of like a more of like a San Diego bro. And he's got like, you know, the zinc on his nose and, and then, and Rick Rockwell is playing the most like, uh, broadest nerd character you possibly can. He's like hiking up his shorts. He can't get his glasses. He one glasses off on one side of his face and like, they, doesn't he have the tape in the middle too? He it's might a, have, yeah. yeah. And he, you know, they became huge standout characters, and eventually became the adventures of Skippy and Biff. And that's what the bit became was eventually called. And they had a, a like a, a woman named Andrea who was like their foil. She was sort of the straight man to the two of them. And Rockwell was just at the time just a stand-up comedian. Um, because Himmel was also a stand-up comedian in the late 70s. He actually had moved from Chicago to San Diego, hmm. where he had he had studied broadcasting, but he grew up in Chicago and he had done some radio. But he moved to San Diego, there wasn't any radio, so he's doing like bartending and he was starting to do stand-up around town. And he got seen by somebody at KFMB, and they were like, We we should get this guy in the news. So he starts doing local news for like five years before they start doing San Diego at large. And I mean, so Rick Rockwell comes in there. He's a comedian. He also then would become infamous later because he was in a TV show, an early reality dating TV show called who wants to marry a multimillionaire where he, it's a show about who's going to marry this guy. Rick Rockwell is the, I guess the multimillionaire who knew San Diego at large paid that much. <laughs> and <laughs> Apparently he'd done well at real estate. I don't know. But apparently it was like the whole thing was like at the end, he's going to marry a woman. So everyone was like, well, what? So this is well before The Bachelor at all that, mm. you know, we, you know, mm -hmm. and it became this big scandal because they got married and then they annulled it like a month later and they both hated each other. And it became this whole thing. And that's basically where Rick Rockwell's career ends. As far as we know, because apparently he's a multimillionaire. So who knows what he's doing? He's just, you know, living off the riches. But for five uh, or for three and a half years, five nights a week, it was this variety sketch show. And I just was so into it because here's just a guy who's like a reporter 
and he's yeah. starting it and it's like at the seven i think it was like at seven thirty. so it yeah. follows the news <clears throat> then it's but just before like before prime time but before prime time yeah. yes before mm-hmm. like the good shows came on so and i remember when the show ended and i was devastated i was so bummed and it it is the towniest of sketch shows. So like it was all like local San Diego jokes. It's all just like it's all just geared towards people in San Diego. And I watched an episode today and yes. there were some bits that were still kind of funny. Yes. I mean, there was a lot of it that wasn't, but like, and it's certainly of its time and of the city. You've changed, man. There was some there <laughs> used some- to be super into it. There were some pretty funny little bits in there. And I was like, holy shit. And that's where I, when I see Rick Rockwell, that's what I think of. So in this movie, he eventually goes on to the next, I don't know if he was in all the next uh, Killer Tomato movies, but he's definitely in Killer Tomato Strikes Back. And when I, when I see him, that's what I think of. I, I, I think of San Diego at large. I think of Biff and Skippy. And what's funny is watching that episode today, they're having, like a YouTube channel, you can see this stuff there if you're interested, where they're just starting to like digitize the old episodes mm-hmm. of San Diego Large and they're just putting them on this channel on YouTube. Oh, wow. In today's episode, Biff and Skippy have been thrown in the slammer. What happened? Well, they arrested us yeah. and they took us downtown. Yeah. And after we told them the whole story, they had to let us go on a technicality. Uh-huh. A technicality? Yeah, we got off on insanity. Oh, temporary insanity. No, 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 no. Permanent insanity, man. <laughs> well, anyway, I'm glad you're back. Yeah, it just in time to save Tug's Tavern, man. And how do you plan on doing that? Oh, we're going to go on television and do a public service announcement. Oh, uh, not me, man. You don't want to do a PSA? I'd rather do a PSA stewardess, man. (laughs) And there's comments in there like, oh, yeah, man. They're like literally writing under this episode, more Biff and Skippy. (laughs) Like (laughs) people are into it. And the jokes are just equally as broad as this movie, but also not half as well done. Like it's really broad and really not so great. But everybody was into it people were into it well everybody that is it for us with return of the killer tomatoes thank you so much for listening um i really gotta say uh find us on twitter a lot of you guys are writing me uh writing us at twitter this is a lot of fun to interact with you guys so please uh find us there interact with us it's been great you know uh, getting to chat with a lot of you guys on twitter we're also on instagram so yeah, find please us there check as us well. out on Instagram. We, the, we, the Instagram's not getting enough attention. Check That's out right. Instagram. That's right. Check us out. We got some good stuff there. Um, you can also write us info at newworldpodcast.com. Send us questions, comments. We would love to hear from you. It's been awesome to interact with the, the people we have interacted with, but I, we know there's more of you out there. We know because we see the numbers. And thank you Don't so much shy. for those numbers. Reach and- out. Reach out, exactly. But thank you. Reach out and send us an email. Reach out and send us a Twitter. <laughs> but it's been awesome to, to to see like the the way the show is growing and seeing the numbers. Like we are so appreciative that you listen to us talk about new world movies. Um, it's pretty great. We obviously do this because we think it's uh, fun and we have a great time doing it but it's awesome to see so many people actually enjoy us talking about these movies. It's so cool. 
So thank you guys. Find us there if you haven't already. And we will see you next time on the New World Podcast.